Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. I am so excited for the release of my new book, The Toxin Terminator, Finding Focus, Energy, and Renewed Health by Removing Hidden Toxins. If you want to get your hands on the book first, be part of my pre-launch campaign by going to my website, www.aimeecarlson.com. That's amycarlson.com and you can sign up so you'll get your copy for only 99 cents. And welcome back to another episode, you guys. I am so excited for this episode. We're going to have, we're going to tie it somehow into toxins, I know, Um, but it is such a great topic. My guest today is Laura Michelle Powers, and she is many things. You know, number one, she's absolutely beautiful. And I'll let her describe her age if she wants to, but she's an actress (laughs) and a model. She is a psychic. She is the president of Healing Powers. She's a consultant. She's a medium, a clairvoyant. She's a paranormal communicator. And boy, are we going to talk about that. Um, But today, we're going to learn the differences. You know, there's a difference between being a clairvoyant and a medium and an empath. And I want to make sure that we all understand what all those things are and really how toxins affect being an empath. Um, And when you understand what an empath really is, you're going to understand what we're talking about there. Um, And then I'm going to have her talk about, you know, what are the things that she's done in her healthy journey? Because we alluded a little bit just before we started recording here um, about some things that she's done, but this is going to be so amazing. And I'm so excited to have you here, Laura. Thank you for agreeing to come on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm really excited to talk with you and your audience. Absolutely. So let's just start right off the bat and talk about um, the differences between some of the, uh, you know, are they modalities? What would I want to call it? You know, um, and yeah, I think modalities are types of, of gifts or abilities that people have for sure. Gifts. I love that. Yes. So, you know, I listed off, you know, a medium and a clairvoyant and an empath. Are there, are they, are we just intertwining words for the same thing or are there differences in those? Yeah, I know they are different, but they're often connected because okay. you can have one person that's more than one. So um, a clairvoyant is someone who sees spiritually. So I think that's very typically what people think of when they think of a psychic Um, You know, someone who sees the future, sees a loved one, sees energy, and it it stands, it like comes from the French word clair, which means clear. So clear seeing, uh, voir is to see, clairvoyant. And I am a clairvoyant, so I see spiritual beings, I see ghosts, I see angels, I see loved ones on the other side, I see people's potential futures, I see past lives. Um, and then I'm also an empath, which means uh, someone who feels energies and emotions from outside their body in their body. So an empath will feel how someone else is feeling. And that can be either an emotion, you know, I feel someone's sadness, I feel their their suffering, or it can be a physical sensation. And this was so confusing for me when I was growing up because I would 
feel other people's pain. I would sometimes, you know, take pain medication for pain that wasn't mine, but I was feeling it in my body. And then, uh, and then there's a medium, which is someone who connects with spirits on the other side. And you can be, for example, a clairvoyant medium, which is someone who sees spirits. So I do that. I'm clairvoyant. And then you can also be, for example, someone who's a clairaudient medium. Clairaudience means hearing. So right. maybe you hear them speaking um, or you could have both. So there's a lot of different abilities within the psychic kind of intuitive realm and I think this is really important to address because there's many different ways that it can manifest. And you can even be a clairvoyant and have that manifest differently. So for example, I don't see auras. You know, so that, that's one of the first things sometimes people ask me, what's my aura look like? I'm like, I don't see auras. <laughs> you know, but another clairvoyant might. So, you know, there's, it's kind of like different, you know, doctors um, and specialties. Um, and, you know, there's people that have very niche areas. And, you know, even you can say have... Um, let's say, uh, uh, you know, an OBGYN who specializes in a particular type of disorder right. or something, right. or an acupuncturist who specializes in pain management or one who specializes in sleep, you know, it's kind of the same thing. We all have different abilities and then we uh, experience them and use them in different ways. Right. And that makes total sense. So um, there, I had a thought there and it's gone on me for a moment here, but so then um, you have kind of a, a, an ability across the board with all of those, right? So I, I, I'm definitely strong in my clairvoyance, again, which means seeing I'm, I'm definitely medium. I'm a strong empath. And then I have a little bit of clairaudience and that means hearing. So I'm not a person that I usually can like hear, you know, lots of long sentences or something, but I will frequently hear words and phrases. And even when I don't hear like a lot of detail, I'll get the uh, thoughts. So it, 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 and there is some crossover that because some people are, are telepathic, like I'm telepathic and I'll get, I'll get the thoughts, but I don't necessarily hear it all. Okay. So it's, it, it, there's definitely, it's complex. And, and what's fascinating too, is that it, it doesn't always manifest the same way. So I can be with one client and I'm very visual, you know, it's a lot of images, lots of visual. And then other times I just know things, it just comes in my mind. I feel it, you know, so it's fascinating how it can change from time to time and from person to person, person as well. Person to person, right. So let me ask you this because, um, and, and, and we can go in, in different places if you want or not, but um, I want to ask you, do you feel like a lot of people are, are born with these gifts and, and, you know, because we think about the innocence of a child and, and how children do, you know, different things. And I've often watched, especially my grandchildren, when they're under the age of two, for instance, um, if you really pay attention to them, it's almost as though they are seeing and interacting with someone who is not there. Um, my husband and I really key in on this with our grandchildren and, and, you know, we can see this. And so sometimes I feel like we have, we all kind of maybe have this ability, but then we let society, let life jade us and say, that's not real. You don't, you know, this isn't normal, whatever that may be. Is that the case? Uh Absolutely. I think, you know, very young children or, or babies are very connected with the other side and they haven't yet learned that it's not accepted or that they shouldn't be seeing those things. And so, especially if you watch babies and you'll see them look around. And by the way, cats are this way too. 
and some uh-huh. dogs, you know, they just, they are seeing things that a lot of other people aren't seeing. They're seeing a different dimension. And yeah, as you get older and you start to realize, oh, other people don't see this or it's not real, you know, then it kind of fades for, for many people. And th- with me, my abilities are, are quite strong. So I saw something since I was a baby and little, and then it continued and it just got stronger and stronger. But I recognized that other people weren't seeing it. And so I just kept it to myself. So there's a lot of very psychic, for example, little kids out there that have learned, oh, this is, this is different. I don't want to be different. Right. I'm going to ignore this. Yeah. So it happens uh, very commonly. And if you did see things as a child and then it faded, first of all, that's very commonplace. And secondly, it means that you are very psychic if, if that was the case. I think yeah. every, everyone does have some range of ability, but it is like a range of ability, like almost anything else, athletics or artistic right. arts or music, you know, there's natural ability and there's also like practicing it and learning about it. And a lot of people are in the like a, a phase of they have abilities, but they've never learned how to access it because we don't have, you know, psychic training or spiritual training about this stuff cool. when you're little. Yeah, exactly. We don't learn our sort of psychic ABCs. Right. Well, and I shared with you, I, I find that this very topic so very interesting. You know, we talked about this before the interview is I've had some things happen in my life at various different points in my life that were very much um, abilities, it, you know, like you describe it, that, that I, I was like, whoa, what, what, you know, what was that? And, and, and I poo pooed it, you know, because when I was younger and it was happening and I talked to people about it, I was told it wasn't real. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so then I, I kind of tuck it aside. And then I, as I got older, then I used that, that story that had been told to me, it wasn't real, you know, to really kind of cloud, this isn't real you know, it was that, was that, was that really real? Did I just see that? Did that just happen? You know? Um, so I, I find that very, very interesting. And I, th- I cannot be alone in my thoughts. No, it's very, very commonplace. And I think most of us do get our perception of reality from what we perceive. And then also this, you know, what other people say, you know, we, yeah. our friends and family society, what is, right you know what is what is the way to view the world so I did I very much did the same thing in fact I thought I was most likely crazy when I was growing up because (laughs) it was clear to me that others weren't seeing or sensing what I was like very clear I mean I had things like one time I saw what I thought was an intruder in the house and then called the cops and and they get there and everything's locked from the inside and and it was totally ghost you know, it was not a, a live person, you know, and, and then what do you do when that happens? You start to feel like, wow, I'm really out there, you know, and <laughs> it was, it wasn't until I was in college that a family friend described a ghost that I'd seen, but told no one about. And he described this ghost in detail that I recognized this isn't in my head. Like someone else is seeing this. I haven't told them they volunteered the information. Right. They can't see something that's my hallucination. You know, we don't we can't have like a joint hallucination. <laughs> and so that was both like comforting and kind of terrifying for me at the same time, because at that time I hadn't learned yet how to have energetic and spiritual boundaries. And so what I was experiencing was, was pretty dark. It was intense. It wasn't like a, a positive loving thing that I was experiencing. Um, and it was pretty scary. And that's actually what got me to close it out, to try to block it out is, is like, wow, this is real. This is scary. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> right, right, right. Which right. is very so- commonplace for people with these abilities. 
Yeah. And, and so do you have the ability then to, to only take in the positive or if you got it, you got it, you're going to get both the good and the bad. So I think it's very much um, like a garden is the analogy I use in terms of, of this. I feel our lives are this way as a whole. And it's just this way with this sort of spiritual aspect and energies in the non-physical realm as well. You know, if you just get a plot of land and whatever is going to grow there is going to grow and it's probably going to have weeds and things that you don't want there. And then you have to remove those things, plant what you want to have in your garden, you know, whether that's flowers or fruits and vegetables or trees or, you know, whatever that is. And so the thing is most people just have not learned to do that. We haven't learned that we need to do that or how. So basically I didn't have any kind of set expectations and I wasn't doing anything to sort of manage or cultivate my energy and what I allowed in. It was basically like I had a really weedy patch of land, (laughs) spiritually speaking. And so I just had to learn how to do that. And it's not that simple. I actually work a lot with angels. I know you resonate with angels and that's one of the key tools that I use to help keep things clear. So uh, I think obviously there's going to be, you know, even when you have a nice cultivated garden, there's still going to be weeds that pop up here and again, and you have to, you know, weed them out. But you know, once you do that big weeding, it's just like this little maintenance thing. So things do occasionally pop up that are like, Oh yeah, I don't like that. But it's much less than what it used to be. And overall things are really lovely. Yeah. Well, and that ties in with, you know, just living a toxin-free lifestyle, right? You know, so I I already lived the lifestyle. So, you know, for the most part, I've removed toxins that I'm exposed to. So if I happen to go into an area where I'm exposed to toxins, I know how to get back and cleanse myself and do the things that I need to do, you know, to get my, 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 balance back in my body. So I, I very much can um, relate to that. Liz, you shared with me as we were getting ready for this interview, how you used to work with, and you're not really doing it so much anymore with a lot of the police, uh, was it police departments or it private investigators or? Um, so there's, there's two, two aspects to what you're addressing. One is paranormal okay. investigation. And uh-huh. so those are people that are investigating paranormal phenomenon. So what we tend to think of as like hauntings, for example, right. mm-hmm. non-physical activity in a space. And I've done quite a bit of that. I worked with many different paranormal investigation groups, traveled, gone to very haunted places, and then used my abilities to see and sense what's going on there energetically, spiritually. So frequently it would be like, hey, where's the activity? I'll go, I'll say, there's a spirit in here. I'll communicate with that spirit while they're getting evidence on their you know, EMF readers, capturing audio, video, Etc. And then there's working in criminal investigations. And I've actually never worked with law enforcement. I just don't have any relationships with law enforcement, okay. but I have been hired by family members, for example, okay. in criminal cases where they've asked for um, information, you know, might be involving a case where they don't have any leads or right. they're trained to, they have the evidence, but they don't really know what happened, you know, and they're trying to understand what happened in that situation. So yeah, I've done both and they're both very interesting. I used to do a lot of paranormal investigation. It was really wonderful for me in the beginning because it was so cool for me to get evidence of what I was sensing. So, you know, I'm speaking with a spirit and then they capture that spirit's voice on a recording or something like that. So I don't do it as much as I've gotten busier with my other work, but I still think it's fascinating. That is truly fascinating. So um, they actually have the recording ability to capture what you're hearing, um, but, well, but they're not hearing it. 
Not what I'm hearing exactly, because I always hear way more than than anything that's been captured. Yeah. But it's very rare, by the way. Um, we call this when you capture the recording of a, a non-physical being or a spirit. It's called EVP, which stands for electronic voice phenomenon. And so, what frequently happens with this is um, is not that it can be heard at the actual time of the recording. So anytime you're doing an investigation, you're usually using audio and video to record. And then later you go back and and review that audio or video. So what we Mm -hmm. call it, uh, reviewing the evidence, Mm -hmm. you know, very much like an investigation. And and then what happens is, is sometimes they'll find snippets of audio that are legible and, or, you know, you can hear in the recording. And again, like there's one example, I was at the, home of former Confederate President Jefferson Davis, and that was in Biloxi, Mississippi. And this is a place that you know, was around during the Civil War. It's very haunted. And it used to be an orphanage mm-hmm. mm. for the Civil War. So I was communicating with the spirit of a little girl. I could hear what she was saying. I was communicating with the head of the paranormal investigation team what she was telling me. And then later, when they recorded the evidence, they captured her, a, a bit of her voice on the recording. And so that was so cool to me because it confirms like, look, I'm not just making this up. Like there's, there's audio, like there's she's talking. They are talking. So when we say something is haunted, you know, what I hear, uh, you know, from people is, okay, this is spirits that for some reason they can't get on. They can't move on. There's something holding and tying them back here. Is that, an accurate statement, you know, there's like a story they're trying to tell you, or there's a message they're trying to get to you. Yeah, I would say that's generally very true. They, when there's an earthbound spirit or a ghost, they haven't crossed over to the other side, to heaven, you know, whatever word you use for that. And there's frequently a reason why, you know, they've had some kind of trauma. They feel like there's something they need to finish. Um, they're sad. They're afraid of hell. This happens very often with spirits that are afraid to cross over. Uh, or maybe they just aren't ready to let go. It could be sometimes they just love their life and they just feel like, no, I'd like to hear. I don't want to leave. So it's not always <laughs> something traumatic. But but most of the times when you're thinking of a haunting, it's usually spirits that are not in a good place kind of mentally or emotionally. And you know maybe they, they've had um, a, a bad end or traumatic circumstances in their life and they're still emotionally and mentally in that space so then you know that often feels very intense when they're around just like if you were to be around a, a physical person mm-hmm. who'd gone through a lot of trauma you know that it's hard to be around that you feel that as well and then when you add the, the element of not being able to see or sense them but sometimes you can or they're moving things around or <laughs> and by the way I want to mention that aspect of you know with spirits moving things around and this is a real thing like I have seen um physical objects move from spirits, you know, pretty incredible stuff. But the the profound implication of that is if a spirit can do it, and they're simply a person without a body, we could too. I mean, it's really wild when you start to really think about this stuff. Yeah, because, you know, what is reality? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it really kind of opens yourself up to a whole nother realm. And And I love how you talk... Thank you for bringing in, you know, the the idea, because what I don't want, I always try to think of, you know, those kinds of things. And I, well, I'm not talking like exorcisms and demons and that type of thing. Yeah. But just, you know, 
I don't think it has to be scary. I don't think it has to be something to be fearful of or or scary. I I really do think that this is a lost soul trying to to get a message or finish, you know, something. I don't know. But, you know, for I just don't think it has to be scary. <laughs> I don't I don't think so either. I definitely that's one of the big things I'm trying to do is help alleviate fear about you know, the spiritual realm, you know, ghosts certainly are a part of that. I think with ghosts, it's just important to think of them as like a person without a body. And, you know, they are going through their emotional aspects like they would have before. Um, but also just to keep in mind that, you know, people are people. And just because someone doesn't have their body doesn't mean they're nice or not nice automatically. Um, so like there's not nice people, right? And right. that doesn't mean you should be in fear of them all the time, but right. still to recognize. So, so unfortunately with ghosts, the ones that tend to be the most kind of infamous and that people know about are, are the ones where they are kind of intense and kind of scary. And the other piece about that is that we see it from our perspective. So for, for example, once I was in West Hollywood, this is before I lived there and I was at a bar and I, I just had this, I was definitely having like a mo- an emotionally triggered evening. I was with a friend and I glanced over and my clairvoyance will manifest in different ways. Sometimes I'll see things just in my third eye, my mind's eye. And then sometimes I'll see things in the physical space. And so I glanced over and saw this man and, you know, he was like kind of green and tinge in his skin tone and foaming at the mouth. Did not look good. Looked a little scary. (laughs) Right. And when I, and then I had glanced and then I glanced away and then I kind of registered what I saw and I looked back and then I didn't see him in the physical anymore, but I, I was like, something's going on. I tuned in psychically and I saw him there psychically, even after I couldn't see him physically anymore. And what I got was that he had had an overdose. So the reason he looked that way was because he, you know, that was a skin tone when he crossed and he had that foaming at the mouth from the overdose. So that looked really scary, but he wasn't trying to be scary or he didn't have any animosity towards me. Um, he, he literally wanted help crossing over to the other side and he could sense that I did it. And I, I did, I helped him. And then I, I I was at this bar, I was a St. Felix and I, I said, you know, I felt like he was from around there. So I asked if there's anyone that had died, you know, that worked there or something. They said, no, not that worked here, but in the very booth where we were sitting earlier that week, like this was a Friday on that Monday, there had been a wake for a young man who had died. And so I believe it was him. And, you know, it, again, he wasn't trying to scare me. He just was looking for help, but he looked scary, right. especially if you didn't know what was going on. So just when people, you know, see or sense things that are scary from spirits, you know, just know that a lot of times it, it's just how it, it's being presented, but that doesn't mean that that's their intent to scare you. Right. Hey there. I wanted to take a minute to talk about the everyday products you are using in your home. Many of us are label hunting. They're examining every product in the house to make sure it's toxic free. And I totally understand that, hey, we're not all scientists and maybe we just want that easy button to help pick the right products. That's why I aligned with Young Living, a whole health and wellness company that has all the clean products you know, from essential oils to personal care products, makeup, supplements, items for kids and babies, and the list goes on. Almost any everyday item you could think of using. And the best part is, Young Living's products are seed to seal. They're backed by high quality standards. They're the leader in the industry and one of the only essential oil companies that have their own farms. I've been there, they're incredible. These are great natural products that you can use right at home. If you wanna shop worry-free for home products, click my link in the show notes and see the quality products from Young Living. 
Well, and, and I like I liked how you said, you know, you because we know, I, I know, especially when you get yourself mentally, you know, part of living the toxin-free lifestyle is mental. And when you get yourself to a mental place with that you've got that inner peace inside, you stop allowing yourself to get drawn into a lot of drama anymore, right? <laughs> you're very protective of that peaceful, you know, state that you're in. And so we're not always in that state. I've, I've not always been in that state. I, you know, I'm, I could be the queen of creating all kinds of drama if I want to be right. But I just yeah. choose not to do that anymore. And so people have energy about them. And, and it's, and when we walk into a room, we can sense that we can sense whether this is a good person and, and they're, you know, presenting good energy flow, you know, the intuition is good that they're, you know, this is somebody I want to connect with. And I have people that I feel that are like, oh no, you know, I can be very civil with them and I can associate with them, but this is not someone I want to allow into my circle. Absolutely. And I'd love to bring the toxin piece in here because I get that a lot of your listeners are actually very empathic, very sensitive to Mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. And if you're sensitive to energy, you are most definitely likely to be sensitive to toxins because everything in our life has an energetic component. Right. People do, but so do substances, so do foods. And so when people are empathic, they're picking up even more strongly on that energetic piece than the average person. And everyone picks up on this to a degree, but empaths are are picking up like way, way stronger. And so when you have a substance, um, it's kind of like to me, there's similarities to like a toxic relationship. So let's say there's a cleaning product and it, it does something that you want, cleans your whatever, but then there's this other negative effect that is like, oh, it's damaging to your Lumps. organs and your, you know, hormones or something. Right. Um, right. And, and it's very similar to like a toxic relationship. Maybe there's, you know, someone that you've, you've you know, in a romantic relationship with, and sometimes they are nice and, you know, supportive and other times they hit you, you know, like we don't need to accept the, the those other as the darker side, the hitting right. or the toxins. There are people that can love you without hitting you, or there are products that can clean without damaging your body. (laughs) So empaths will really feel that toxin a lot more strongly than others and will often develop chemical sensitivities um, because of this ability. Um, Because in in a way, I think think it's actually a, a superpower because you're able to see or sense or feel that true energy of what's going, not just how it's being presented. That's really interesting because um, fragrance is a huge trigger for me. Like most of my adult life, I had headaches every single day and I would get migraines so severe that I would lose the vision on my left side. Wow. And um, once I took fragrance out of my home and me being exposed to it, those went away. So it was something I chose to ignore in it, I, I I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say chose to ignore. I just simply didn't know that the source yeah. of the of the harm to my body was coming from this. But today, I am so ultra sensitive to the sense. You know, if I get around, I mean, it is an instant headache. And then if I don't get away from it, it goes and triggers into that migraine again. 
Yeah, you know, I think that's actually, it's very powerful. I mean, the truth is for a lot of people that aren't aware of that energy, you don't feel that what's happening is they're accumulating those toxins and then later they'll get cancer or something, right? Exactly. So even, even though it's it's actually harder in some ways to feel like you're dealing with that, I think it, it's just like psychic abilities. It's very powerful. You actually know sooner something that's a problem when other people just put up with something and don't even recognize how toxic and, it is. Right. And then, and whether you're going to listen to the signals your body is sending you or, or not, and whether you choose, you know, like, like we were talking, it, it, it's like when I was a kid, I saw things happen before they happened. Um, and it was repeatedly. And when I would bring that to my family, I was told that was nonsense. It wasn't real, you know, type of thing. But yet the events happened, <laughs> you know, all yeah. the time. you know, and, and it's like, and it, it, it seriously would be like watching a movie in front of me, you know, and, and yeah. always when I was sitting down playing the piano. So I don't know if it was something about my mind was relaxed. You know, we had this high backed piano, old, old, old piano uh, as a kid. But I, I'd be playing, you know, something from memory, just relaxed, and 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 then it'd be right there. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah. I think you know when abilities can frequently come in more easily is when we're not overly using our analytical minds. Uh huh. But keep so keep doing something where it uses a little bit of your mind, so you're not actively focused on something else, but it just allows that frequency to come in. So a lot of people will be able to better meditate or, or get messages when they're doing something like that. So playing the piano, also music can help with kind of channeling that energy. Or for me, it'll be like on taking in a shower, you know, because like, again, I'm not like actively doing something else while I'm showering, but it just, I'm open and receptive, doing the dishes, vacuuming, taking a walk, um, driving, you know, all of these are times when a lot of people can receive information more easily than other times. That's interesting because when I had the episode with my brother, um, I was driving, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and I told you about that where, where, yeah. uh, you know, it was a difficult time in our lives and, and trying to make decisions, you know, and going forward and, um, you know, he appeared, you know, he, he mm-hmm. was sitting, you know, right there <laughs> in the, in the seat next to me, how, how he had many, many times before, um, yeah. you know. So it was just, you know, and, and gave me a message. So it was just really um, kind of cool to, and so that makes sense. You know, when I have had those things that have happened to me, um, I've been in that sense of driving, playing the music, um, dishes. I was standing washing dishes once and my mom came, you know, yeah. and, and visited with me. So yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, it's basically like using a different part of your... Up. Yeah, I mean, it is, that's how it's presented to us, and, and I don't think it is, but it, it kind of feels that way based on you know what we're what we're taught is we normal or not. And I think there's a real shifting that's happening. A lot of this is through mainstream media, you know, television, mo- movies yeah. that are um, coming forward. You know, movies like The Sixth Sense. I'll talk about that quite a bit. My work or Diary of a Ghost Whisperer, you know, there's just so many things that are presenting this, even if it's done in a fictional way, I think it helps us with understanding context for a lot of this stuff. Right. That it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be a scary thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talked about, 
you know, toxins for an empath, especially an, an empath who actually feels, you know, other people's energies and their emotions yeah. and, you know, that type of thing, you know, so toxins are, are something, what have you found for yourself that you've had to like, I can't have this in my home? Oh yeah. I went through a big, you know, transition and shift. And so I think when I started this work, like I said, I had a very kind of weedy garden. If you were to use that, that land analogy. And so I had a lot of toxic things I needed to clear out. And I think what happens in our lives is we clear out or address the kind of the biggest things first. So I was in a toxic marriage, you know, that had to go uh, (laughs) and that relationship and then went on to, you know, bigger things, other, other shifting, other relationships. I was at the time eating a diet that was very bad for me. You know, everyone's body is different, but um, I had developed polycystic ovary syndrome and insulin resistance. I'm very sensitive to sugar. So what someone else might be able to have, and it's like no big deal for me is a big deal. So I had to eliminate wheat. I was, you know, allergic to wheat and um, soy was another trigger for me. And then sugar, Mm -hmm. I had to completely eliminate sugar. And as I eliminated these things, my body shifted. It also helped me tune into my abilities more. And I want to bring that up, which is really important because there's a very strong connection between what's happening physiologically in our body and our ability to intuit and use our psychic abilities. So two major parts of the body, actually three, there's kind of another one that the guides are telling me to talk about that we use for our abilities are our gut Mm -hmm. and the brain. So the third eye is believed to be in the pineal gland, which is in the brain. And then we've all familiar with that idea of like, you know, that gut feeling, mm-hmm. like gut intuition. So if your gut is, you know, literally messed up, if you are having a hard time digestion, if you have pain, if you're, you know, have um, slowness in terms of your digestion, or if you're congested, either in the sinuses or the gut, you know, by the way, there's this gut brain connection. So like, if you feel something in one, like if you have sinus problems, guaranteed you have gut issues. Right. Right. they're so connected. Right. And then the third place is your heart. Um, so, you know, we feel a lot from our heart center, obviously. And um, anytime we have health issues in any of those areas, it's going to impact our ability to connect into it and feel what's going on. So for me, there was a huge process of going through releasing, you know, kind of dietary toxins and things like that. But after I'd cleaned up, okay, I cleaned up my relationships, I cleaned up my diet. The next thing that I was guided to shift were toxins. And it was interesting because by the time this showed up for me, I'd already, you know, been hosting my health podcast for a while. And I thought I'm pretty healthy. Like I know what's going on, but there's so much greenwashing that happens that I had products that I thought were clean and green. And, but then I was, I was starting to develop like really strong physiological symptoms. So when, when you first get a message about something, you know, you might just get the intuitive feeling or just get the idea, Oh, I need to shift that. And then when the longer you don't pay attention, the stronger your body reacts, literally, like your body will start to, so what happened is I was starting to get like, I would spray something in there, you do the cleaner something and my eyes would start to water like horribly. Like it was just this constant watering thing, like makeup was for me, it was makeup. It was cleaners, you know, like you said, fragrances. And so my body was telling me like, no, this is not good. So if you're having a reaction to something, your body is telling you something and you just need to figure out, you know, what it is. So, but I had to go through, you know, looking through all my products, analyzing them. And I, I, I'm so much more careful. I look at ingredients religiously. I use a lot of products that are, you know, environmental working group. Yes. um, Or I, I generally find that I can't really use much that's 
if it's higher than like a three and occasionally a four, depending on the ingredients on that ranking, then I just can't use it. Like I literally will get that. And it, it would, the big thing for me was makeup because, you know, I've done television. I have a background as an actress in theater. Like I, I'm modeling, like lots of things where yeah. I would use makeup. And I, I would start to like, for example, would use eyeshadow or something and my eyes would water, water. Of course, besides the point, it looks terrible. Like you're just like, you know, like a faucet with this makeup running down your face. And so that was hard trying to find products that I could use. And I have found them, but yeah, I think everyone goes through that process at their own pace and yeah. just know that if you're reacting, it's like there is something toxic in your body is yeah. telling you to address it. And listen to that. I had, mm-hmm. um, I have been on this quest for the last 12 months in finding a good natural mascara. Um, because I have the, one I really like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we'll get, uh, we'll get to that. Cause it's like, you know, the company I'm associated with, which is Young Living, uh, I I got, they, they came out with their mascara and it was horrible. It was so clumpy. It was just, it was not good. It was not, and we told them, we're, we're like, you, you got to yeah. do better than this. You could do so well in other things. And so it was a long time coming, but they they came out with another, but they didn't have another one. So, and I was trying beauty counters because beauty counters through EWG gets such great you know, reviews and, and, and such great, uh, and I, but I, I wasn't necessarily happy with theirs. And then I had a friend that said, Oh, here, try Arbon. You know, I want you to try this. Let me tell you the minute I put it on my eye, I could smell the chemicals, not even my eye, but I could smell, which they said, Oh, it's all natural. It's all plant-based. You know, you talked about greenwashing and I'm like, okay. And I didn't, didn't do my due diligence as the toxin terminator, go figure, <laughs> you know, of reading the actual ingredients. But as soon as I took that wand out, I was like, no, I can't use this. I, I can smell it and I know it's going to make my eyes water. Um, so anyways, you said you had a really good one. Yeah. And by the way, I think makeup is kind of the last holdout for a lot of, you know, clean products are finally are starting to be more clean beauty options, but it's been so frustrating how much of a lack, you know, there's been, it's finally starting to shift. Um, the, the mascara that I found that's the most clean, you know, again, like some of these are, things are still not as clean as we'd like, but is Lily Lolo. I don't know if you've tried them. Uh-uh. I believe it's L-I-L-Y-L-O-L-O. <laughs> Lily Lolo. Their mascara is really good of specifically of their products. And, and the other uh, company that I found that's great as a whole is Credo Beauty. Have you heard of them? Uh-uh. I'll have to so check it. Yeah, they're like kind of like a natural Sephora. So they're great because they have a lot of products you can buy online. They do have several stores like in California, New York, you know, okay. some of the bigger um, cities. But their website is great. You can search for product like ingredients. Let's say I only want to see products without this ingredient. Like if right. you know you have a sensitivity. Right. And also when you call or if you go to a store, they're really able to help you go over the ingredients. And it's not just one brand because it's like a, it's like a Sephora in the terms of they have a lot of different companies that you can explore and try different ones. But yeah. And yeah, I I do feel like it's sometimes it's a matter of experimentation, but it is possible to find good ones that are clean. And, and, and then that's been my experience too. And, and, uh, um, you know, Young Living has Savvy Minerals. And for years and years, I really like that. But it's it's a mineral-based, um, which is phenomenal. Um, in the summertime, I use it religiously because uh, I tan 
uh, very easily and, and I get very dark in the summertime and I find that I really don't need a lot on my skin in the summertime. I have sure. a, a bronzer and, and then we go. Um, but, you know, for, you know, date nights, you know, that type of thing, I will, I will put some, you know, uh, I want to call it a foundation, but I don't even, you know, view it as that, um, you know, beauty counter has some, you know, really good options, you know, a, as well. And, and they, and they do have the EWG stamp on, on their products. Yeah. Um, you know, too. So the, the thing about, you know, beauty care is uh, I want to say, and I am not going to have the numbers right now, and, and I talk about it in my book, but you, the European nations actually ban, I want to say over 1300 chemicals, you know, and ingredients allowed to be used in our, in our beauty care products. We're not just even talking makeup, but we're talking, you know, um, our moisturizers and our uh, creams and, and our what we're cleaning our skin with. And the U.S. bans like less than uh, 15, less than 15 is yeah, banned here in the United States. So, um, you know, we need to have that voice and we need to say we, we need better. You know, we demand to have better. And there is an, a website called uh, safercosmetics.org. Mm. It is a fantastic resource to really talk about what potentially is, is being in our personal care products that we really need to be aware of and, and be watching out for. So I'll late- have to take a note of that. That's great. Yeah. A lot of this is just about education. And thankfully, as more and more people are becoming aware of this, yeah. it's more people's minds. And, and also there's a lot of products to your point, there's only 15 chemicals or whatever they're banned that, that are really labeled as green and eco-friendly. And like, for example, there's two ingredients that I've learned I'm sensitive to that are in like 90% of even mm-hmm. eco green products, like limonene and linalool. And yes. I think they're like a six and a seven toxicity scale in yep. EWG. And, you know, if I use products, especially if it has a high concentration of that, I'd like my eyes water burn, you know, and it's in like so many products so that they're actually pretty hard to avoid, unfortunately. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and good for you to identify, okay, this is specifically what's happening in these products that I need to, to stay away from. I love that. Um, and, oh God, we totally digressed on. <laughs> That's okay. This is, I feel, I always trust it goes wherever it needs to go. <laughs> it's, where it's supposed to be. This is how I am. This is how yeah. my brain works. It's like bing, bing, bing all over the place. All right. So you had, you know, we've talked a little bit about your own health journey. Um, and I know your picture is going to be out on the podcast. Do you mind sharing with people how old you are? No, not at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, age, we're talking about this before is so much of this is like how we are in our bodies and our spiritual self as well. Are we happy? Do we have toxins in our life? Are we in an unhealthy relationship? Do we like our job? All of these things I think really impact how we look and feel. And so, yeah, I'm 42 or I will be 42 in like a few weeks. And, um, and I've gone through quite a process because when I was 30, for example, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I had really bad, you know, cystic acne, um, I wasn't sleeping, my joints hurt. I, you know, just had all these issues. And I remember thinking, well, I guess this is just what it's like to get older. You know, here was the right age of 30. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then as I went through along this process and I you know, started my health podcast and I started learning about this stuff and I started my psychic training, I realized like so much of what we think of as natural aging is actually just unhealthiness and toxicity in one form or the other. So whether that's emotional toxins, physical toxins, you know, toxins in our diet. And as I cleaned that up, I actually started to like, like 
go backwards in a way. Like when I, I, so after I had just started going through this process and I cleaned up my diet, so I went and started, you know, left my unhealthy relationship and people started to think I was like in my early twenties. And I was at that point in my early thirties. And yeah, I, and, and it was really funny to me how, you know, so much of, of this is like what we are putting in, in one way or yes. the other. Yes. And so, <laughs> so much of what we think of like, oh, you have to age this way, or this is what, you know, to expect at this age, I think is frankly BS. <laughs> it is. Well, and look at you, you, you are absolutely stunning and you're just, oh, you know, thank you're just you. radiant. and, and I, I believe that. So listeners, if you want the anti-aging secret is remove <laughs> the toxins. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. I think removing the toxins, connecting in with things with rejuvenate and revive you. And that includes relationships. And I'm a big advocate of learning to tap into your intuition because your intuition can help you with identifying what's helpful, what's not, you know, you know, what to do, what not to do. And I think that's so key because, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to learn from society, for example, it's actually good because there's so much convoluted information. So whether it's about chemicals or <laughs> politics or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so when you would learn to kind of tap in, like yeah. listen to your body, because a lot of the way that our intuition communicates with us is through our body. Yeah. You know, so they learn to understand what is our body, what is our higher self, what is our deeper self trying to communicate with us. It's so powerful. I, I, I can't agree more on that. So how can people get a hold of you? Say somebody wants to work with you. Um, is there, what's the best way? Sure. So my website for my psychic work, because I also do a lot of creative work as well. So my psychic work website is healingpowers.net. That's okay. healingpowers.net. And I have a podcast, Healing Powers Podcast, which is on all the major platforms where we talk about all these things, mind, body, spirit. I feel like you can't, you know, con- disconnect, you can't disconnect these things because they're all so related. And then I'm on, you know, all the social media channels, Instagram, but Lord Powers 44. I'm on a Facebook at Healing Powers. And yeah, I'd love to connect with you. Um, I do sessions remotely. That's actually most of my business is over the phone or video. And I can do anything from like looking at a person's business, under looking at health, wellness, communicating with spirits, you know, loved ones, looking at past lives. That's always really fascinating. So all kinds of stuff. I love that. Laura, any final thoughts you want to leave the the listeners with? You know, I think so often we feel almost like we're fighting our bodies. Like, why is my body reacting this way? And it feels hard. And um, sometimes we blame our bodies or we get frustrated with our bodies. And if we could just remember that our bodies are our ally and our bodies are just trying to do what's best for us. And then we just need to learn to listen to whatever it is that our bodies are telling us. And there's always a beautiful result. Like, you know, it's, it's for your good. And just to, to learn to listen and, and try not to be frustrated because our bodies are, are like whatever, 90% water. We're a lot of water, basically. Yeah. And <laughs> water will literally pick up on energy. So if we're frustrated with our bodies, we're sending negative energy to those molecules in our body. There's a book you can look at if you want to learn more about this called Messages in the Water. Um, This Japanese scientist who took photos of of water molecules um, that had been exposed to certain toxins or where people sent thoughts to the water. So whether it was hate or love and the water looked either beautiful, 
you know, these molecules so beautiful, almost like a snowflake or something when it was positive energy and then like disfigured and distorted when it was a, a negative energy like hate. So just keep in mind that your body is literally physically reacting to your thoughts and your feelings. So send your body loving and positive energy. Even if your body's reacting to something, you don't know what's going on, you know, just learn to try to tap in, do research um, and send loving energy to your body, which is trying to support you so much. I love that. Thank you, Laura. You've been such a joy to have. And I know the listeners are going to get so much out of, out of this interview. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.